Well, hello, everybody. You're listening to the Woodworkers Podcast. Uh, I'm Ben Brunick, and I'm joined, as always, with Philip Morley and Ramon Valdez. How's everybody doing, guys? Fantastic evening. How you guys doing? Hey, good. Good, good, good. <laughs> Did I say good? <laughs> so we, we usually we go right into talking about what's in the shop, and we'll probably do that um, here again uh, this evening, um, but we do have a topic that we're going to try to get to. We've tried to got we've tried to get to it for like the last oh I don't know has it been two times or three times and we just end up not actually even getting there. We just talk talk about and ramble on about different things. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to talk about um, school, uh, like going to school uh, for woodworking or or like learning by by working like working. Or like an apprenticeship yeah. type yeah. angle, just doing it yourself. Basically, mm-hmm. we just wanted to kind of talk about like how the three of us like got into it because we we have kind of different paths um, uh, into the field. I don't think there's any right reason or any right way or direction to do it, but I would disagree. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm messing. But. So are you saying your way is the good way or the wrong way? It's a good way. Come on. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, the only yeah, way. I could be I could be a prime a prime example of how not to do it. Dang it. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, that's there's just like anything else, right? It's uh many, many different ways to get into yeah, it. Yeah, and it's and I think a lot of it has to do with like the opportunities that, that are in front right. of you and and what what might work or might not work so so we wanted to talk about that but um i i didn't i in the shop i i've been oh doing a a few things but my wife and i and the kids were on vacation for a week um earlier and so i didn't really i didn't really show anything there and then oh we we had some oh i've been doing some work at the uh the property where my where my shop is we poured a con- the lot we poured it all in concrete so i don't really have much woodworking wise i'm still working on the doors doing that um as i can and and hopefully here this this next week i'll be able to really concentrate back on them because i gotta i gotta get those dumb things gotta get them done hey them i had done. a question yeah. um i saw that little video of you pouring the concrete so the the existing buildings that that were there, like your building's kind of behind, right? Yeah. The metal was was that your shop? Yeah, that was my shop before. So, do you own that yeah. building? Yeah, yep. I, okay. I lease that. I lease that building out now. Oh, um, nice. Perfect. So it's it's right there. It's it's a yeah, it's a gorgeous little building. It's a, yeah, it's a cool building. It's an old it's an old gas station. Um, Okay, I thought like fire station yeah. or something. That's really cool. Who, who's in there? What, what, what oh, are they doing? Oh, uh, a, a guy named Scott Lucan is in there. And Scott is a fantastic artist. Um, he does... Uh, is he on Instagram? He, he is on Instagram. <laughs> Scott, oh, awesome. Scott oh, Lucan cool. sculpture. I've been meaning to, to show him. It's just... And yeah, this would be a perfect time. I'll, I'll, I'll put something up of his. Um, but Scott does granite sculpture work and gorgeous stuff, abstract, um, lots of, um, oh, textures. And, um, he, he does, 
he does do some um, some character. Holy cow! Yeah, I'm looking at. But his um, he does he does really interesting. He he's been in the memorial with his family. Um, around here, there's Lucan Memorial, and he's and he's a part owner in that, and he's done that his whole life. Um, he just he just wants to be he wants to do more of the of the um oh more of the artistic side instead of just names and dates and tombstones uh he, right, he still right. he still does mm-hmm. some of that but he's trying to he's trying to uh pull pull back out of that and he wanted a space that he could it would just be for his his um his sculpture work and so that's what he's that's what is going on and that and he's he's fantastic i mean as as far as a, a you know a, having a tenant he's he's great you know it's a nice guy. his work is amazing i'm looking at him now and it's yeah he does it is he does really really cool stuff and uh, and he and he and his wife angie are they're just they're, they're great folks you know we get we get along great um so <clears throat> awesome um, yeah that's what that's what's in that Okay, I was wondering because I thought, I mean, I I assumed it was yours, and I I was like, well, man, that seems like a nice shop space. (laughs) Yeah, but well, did you have your shop in there at some point? It was, it was, it wasn't there, and then I got that I got the job out at the Mead Building, which was that building that I restored all those windows in. But that was that was on. It was still, it was like on the on the complete opposite end of town, so it just didn't make any sense to be tramping back and forth. I was out at that building project for like four years. So we, wow. we moved all the shop out there. And because all the shop was moved out there, then the building was sitting empty. And I was doing what I complain about other people doing in kind of the downtown area where they just they pick up a building and then they use it as a, as a storage place. You know, it doesn't, <laughs> it do, that doesn't do anybody around the area any good right. it's better to have those stores like you know it's better to have things in there that are that sure. are are ongoing entities because it brings people down and they come to that store yeah. maybe they go to another place and uh yeah that's really cool i like the uh outside I, I just saw a picture and it's got his name up on on the outside and sculpture and uh commissions yep. on the garage door that's pretty yeah, awesome it's a, it's a cool place the other side he he had been subletting that out to um, uh, a guy that's been doing um, like upcycling furniture and and repainting furniture, uh, and doing okay. doing a beautiful job with that stuff too. Um, but they've kind of outgrown the space, and they're gonna they're they're getting their own spot. And I think Scott from the talks, it, it sounds like um, Scott's gonna gonna take over, you know, the rest of the the rest of the building. Um, uh, but yeah, how, how big of a space is it? How, how much what's the square it's footage? about i think it's about 1200 square feet um mm-hmm. but it's broken up into like like three rooms so there's like a double garage bay and then there's a a, a middle room and then there's another double garage bay uh, cool and awesome. it's a it's a super <clears throat> cool quaint um building it's just um it it has some limitations um in right. in 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 working you know especially after i had worked out at the mead building and picked up you know a few few more pieces of equipment i was all of a sudden i was i was either going to have to 
I either had to burn out of it fast, get rid right? of equipment or or build another place and that was kind of our plan all along was to build another place and well that's cool yeah i remember you talking about building a shop years ago actually when you first called okay. me and it's kind of, it's cool to see it you know come to fruition yeah yeah now now if i can just you know figure out a way to um you know make it make it work economically right, right. <laughs> it, that's next it's it takes there's a lot of energy and and a whole ton of capital that that has to go into that thing and you know it's one way or another even if it's you know the woodworking business you know i that that's what i want to do um but uh um we'll see with that property if if i continue to be there or if or if all of a sudden it just becomes um more economically feasible to to lease the space out that was one of the reasons i mean i my shop is it's a lot prettier than it needs to be <laughs> but but right. it was kind of built with the idea that you know me in the future um the the way that the area around it is developing um it might make sense for me to go get a you know go get a shop someplace else and right. lease that lease that space out because I could I would the way we built it is we built it so we could divide it down the middle and then you'd have two leasable spaces so on that property we'd have three spots that I could lease out so that's small. So, what kind of zoning is it? I mean, when you say that, what kind of businesses would you see? Well, in there? it's zoned it's zoned commercial B, uh, which means that I can build a property line. It pretty much, you know, it's pretty much just about anything that you. Um, want to have in there you could have in there it's mm -hmm. not it's not straight industrial but it, the adjoining okay. properties around it are industrial so um i don't know it's 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 down right along the river it's kind of the old industrial area of town um but now it's kind of going through uh revitalization you know it's it's sure. there's, cool. a, there's the missouri river that like butts right up against our down our downtown i mean it's a Wow. And it's been something that, you know, it's always been there. So it's, it hasn't been as valued as it should be. But now I think, you know, the town's really beginning to, to realize that, man, this is a, this is a huge asset. We've got a beautiful river that's strictly recreational. There's no barge traffic or anything on it. It, um, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful place. And um, yeah, to have, to have your town and there's this great pedestrian bridge there that, uh, it's a double decker. It used to be the highway, but now it's a pedestrian bridge, and it's just the the area down there. It's it's just it's a beautiful spot, and uh, um, you know I'm hoping that it continues to to boom, to, yeah, just thrive. Yeah, you know that's really yeah. cool, man. Nice. This is a good transition point um, into woodworking, as far as building your own shop or renting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I, I, I had a shop, um, well, it was actually when I was a contractor, I was, I worked for my brother and then I quit for seven years. I was on my own. I had my general builder's license and we had a shop and then I started doing some furniture and I, it was pretty good sized shop. It was, um, it was ideal for, you know, probably four, four or five people in there. So one, you know, an owner and four employees or something would have been plenty of room it was awesome but um the rent was high and then um well you know fast forward we ended up finding the place where we're at now 
and now my shop's too small. <laughs> so always too small. So you you should always go way bigger than you need. You could always rent part yeah. of it out or go, something. Go big or go home. Well, I think it's yeah. it's you know, and then the people ask. I know we all get asked that a lot, and and we all kind of. It, to me, it always comes down to it depends what you're wanting to do. And I think it's nice to have a plan to where, like Ben, you're saying, I think that's awesome that you have that equity that's coming in from leasing out a space that kind of, you know, helps. I mean, I don't know the business, but it helps pay for the mortgage on that building or it's helping you with your other building. But to have something, that's really nice. Um, And for me, I knew that I was going to have my own shop and I did do an apprenticeship. So as I was doing the apprenticeship, I built my own shop and it's small. It needs to be bigger. And like right now, business is really good. And people keep saying, build a bigger shop and this, that, the other. But I know and I've seen it for myself. For me to be able to do the work that I want to do, I have to keep it small. And I've seen people, and it's just, it always, I mean, it's so difficult. It depends. But I've seen people that do it. And then they have to take on these jobs that they don't want to do. And then they become that guy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it pays and they have to do it. But I'm like, I I have the freedom to do what I do now because my overhead is incredibly low. Yeah. Um, you know, that, it, there's, there's, it took a long time to do it, but I am getting to the point for me to grow, to move work through the shop a little faster. I need more space so I can hire someone. You know, and you have to set those limits, or not really limits, but if you get too big, and then you end up with employees, and like you said, and then pretty soon, you're you're that guy that hates his his life because well, you're that guy that's not in the shop, right? You're just managing. yeah. So if you want to do right. that, that's okay. And with, you know, and with each employee, you kind of lose a little bit of um, yeah, you know, control of your business. Yeah, yeah, in a sense, because you're you're having to delve out, you know. Um, responsibility or whatever. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a fine line. It really is. Yeah. I, I, in my situation, you know, I, I had, I, I want, I built the building as, as the piece of ground that it was, on. It's, you know, I've got, I've got, you know, I've got this, this area, this is the, this is the piece of ground that, that we own. So I'm going to build a shop here, but it's going to be, basically as as big as as big as we can go on on the lot because right because of the idea that you know if if even the woodworking thing if that isn't what we end up doing with it you know it's by by building it that size we could divide it down the middle and then also it was the shop is 2500 square feet and that's the cutoff if i went any bigger than that then i would have had to put in a sprinkler system Oh um, right. So that was so that was interesting parameters and that's smart. That was the easy and, cap. and you can't go wrong with commercial property. I mean Well you know. I think I think you can. <laughs> well <laughs> times boy, I tell you what, like like this week when we were when we were pouring that concrete is just holy smokes, that's oh it, it's a necessary thing, you know, and it's it's the right thing to do in the long run. And and the way the the way the property is, I mean that's my that's you know, I I don't have a four hundred one k. I'm self employed. You know, that's my that this is my sure. this is my investment. You know, I mean, uh, all uh, the money still is still there. It's you know, we we could sell the place and and you know and and be out. Um, you know, I mean, I, and 
and like and we could cash it in I, I guess is what i should say you know the longer i think the longer i hold it the more valuable it's going to be so that, and that's what i was alluded to earlier when i said you can't really go wrong with commercial property you get other people in there and the improvements that they want to make to it is is almost always out of their their pocket so not not that your building would need, need improvement that thing's pretty sweet <laughs> yeah uh, but just have to see in the future i don't know it was you know you, you you try to you try to play the cards that that you're dealt you know as well as as well as you can that's 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 all there is all yeah there is. but i mean it seems like i mean you're going about it in a really smart way you know it's 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 like you said whether it turns out what you want or not you're not gonna go you know it's not gonna kill you yeah you there's know, a pretty good safety about it. in yeah. there you know I, i'm not i'm not stretching out so so far that if right if the woodwork... and i think that's the thing is people can they, they can stretch out really thin at first and this is before they even get a name for themselves or get a clientele and now all of a sudden it's like well crap i got like crazy monthly bills to pay and you know you, you take on whatever you can to do that yeah and, you know you may mm -hmm. never want to build a kitchen cabinet and now you're building kitchen cabinets well, yeah. Um, or or if, if that's what you want to do, that's great. But sure. you know. yeah, the large overhead is is really a, a something that you really have to um, put put some pencil down to paper and and figure that out because that's gonna that's gonna make a big difference on on your flexibility of what you can do. Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, Ramon, have you done anything in the shop? Well, I made a working on another barn door. Barn <laughs> door. All barn right. doors are in right now oh, or maybe man. they're not but <laughs> bundle with some epoxy pulled river stuff <laughs> oh yeah with now a, you're talking with a herringbone cutting board somehow <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> no it's uh it's it's cool this guy keeps me busy he's out of colorado and uh he just you know i made some other doors for him he needed another one so i did that it was kind of funny i it um it goes in a basement and so can't use a traditional barn door or else that door would be like, you know, under six foot tall because the base, the ceiling's pretty low as it is. So uh, we found some, some hardware from Hazela that's ceiling mounted. And so this door is just going to go in front of this doorway from one room into, a, you know, transitioning into a bedroom. And so can't have a doorknob, of course. So I, I started cutting these recesses for like a finger pull. So on the outside, that's easy enough, right? I just put it on there. I wasn't really thinking. I put one on the inside, and then I realized the door overlaps the opening like two and a half inches on each side, <laughs> and that finger pull was uh, right. I, I created a guillotine. Finger finger guillotine. Oh, oh my gosh! <laughs> so, wow. and this was yesterday when I when I realized this, and we were getting ready to go to some friend's house, and so I'm very proud of myself. But in 16 minutes, I cut a plug, inlay. And patched it, and glued it in, and created an inlay <laughs> in 16 minutes. Nice. <laughs> and then this morning, I, I flushed it up, and it yeah, it came out awesome. And, and it's paint grade, so. Well, here's the question. <laughs> did, did it really happen? Because I haven't seen it on Instagram. Oh, no. <laughs> You'll see it, like, in a month. <laughs> Who said that? I think that was, uh, oh, I can't remember his last name. Ben from uh, Fine Woodworking. Strano. Strano, thank yeah. you. Sorry, I can't believe I forgot his name. But uh, he said something. This is a long time ago. I think it was him. But he's like, am I am I really woodworking if I don't post it on Instagram or something like that? <laughs> 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 oh, man. 
Um, well, coming, I, huh? I, I took some photos of it because I thought, you know what? I don't want to just show, you know, my completed pieces. I, I make mistakes just like anybody else. And right. it was a simple fix and, um, you know, it happens. Right, so, right. Yeah. Absolutely. So I did that and I, I've been working on that. Uh, well, I worked on that, made a little outfeed table for my E341 hammer. It's just a hammer joiner, planer. And that thing looks sweet. It matches and your outfit. And now that you, you asked me about it, Phil, I don't think a lot of people realize that that's, I mean, that, that red and, and the gray is just for my I didn't. I, I, I should have specified. I, like, I kind of assumed that people would know that because I made my outfeed table for my two table saws out of right. the same material. Yeah, but <laughs> now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I see it. But I, I, when I was on my phone, I guess because it's not, you know, like I'm on my computer now and the pictures are right lined up next to each other. Yeah. But on my phone, it's like it shows one picture and then you scroll down. If you have it, I guess I have it on that mode. Right. So I didn't even put the two together, but yeah, it's it looks pretty sweet, man. And it made a huge difference because the first time I used that joiner, or I'm sorry, the, the planer, the bed is too short. And so I was feeding something kind of long. And it got to the end, of course, and it tilted and started to fall. And then it lifted up that dust hood. And as soon as it lifts that dust hood, there's a safety switch. And the, oh, yeah, it, it shut off. <laughs> so I thought, yeah. okay, I got to do something about this. So, right. yeah, nice. Were you, you trying to do something for the for the joiner beds, too? I know that fence looks like it attaches on the front side, so that would complicate that. The joiner fence, no, I've, I've ran... You know, you might run into a situation where you're doing something like a ten foot board, maybe. Okay. But I'll, I've ran you know long... an eight footer through there, and it's no problem. Okay. Okay. Um, I know those. You know, and I know those... maybe, maybe, maybe Hammer Felder will send me a table after they see my yeah. my crappy Formica one. <laughs> there you go. You need you need to give your address. <laughs> right. <laughs> Please send to. <laughs> But yeah, it uh, it came out good. I put some top coat. Do you guys use that stuff? Top coat? Oh, oh yeah, the, spray. The, uh, the spray stuff. Yeah, stuff. The dry loop or whatever. Beautiful, yeah. Yeah, spray that some of that amazing. on there, and it works so good. Yeah, absolutely. And then That's I finished great. up a little desk. I was working for a lady. I just um, it had a crack in it. It was. I think we talked about this earlier when I first got it. It sat oh, in my right. shop for a month, <clears throat> but it was it was built wrong. I mean, they they had put cleats to keep it flat i guess what it couldn't expand and contract so it cracked um and so I, I i cleaned the crack out put a wedge in there cleaned it out and got that glued up and then uh, i wanted to kind of touch up the top a little bit but i didn't want to change the antique patina that it had it was kind of cool but she wanted it touched up so i i started putting some stain on it and even the stain i knew i was going to have a problem because when i put the stain on there it was um, orange. It started to orange peel. So I know that that desk had probably, you know, years of pledge, all kinds yeah. of crap on there that people put on these pieces of yeah. furniture because their wood is drying out. <laughs> so, uh, of course, shellac, right? That's your best friend. So I, I just lightly sanded it after I stained it, and then I coated it with shellac, and then um, two coats of shellac as a sealer. And then I put conversion varnish over it in a in a satin. Oh, it came out beautiful. She was she was uh, she was in near tears when she saw it. Right. She couldn't believe how pretty it was. Nice, fantastic. So now, nice. if you Shellac. were to if you were to do something, uh, I know nothing about this stuff, but like a 
a degreaser like I've, I've seen you get that like stuff and you you put it on first and it gets off it takes off any any grease or silica or anything like that first and then you can put finish over that have you that, heard of that is, is yes that, that, is that a thing or am i making it, it is up? no that that will help a lot but what happens is a lot of those um and i just use pledge as an example um right. because it can get down into those pores and then when you put um a finish the evaporation is going to pull that up through those pores and you'll just start getting orange peel uh, even if you've used a degreaser okay. so you really need well, to seal it and shellac is is that yeah magic oh, cool. magic um solution and it's not it's not really orange peel it's the fish eye right you get the yes the exactly you're where, you're right yeah. thank you it's it is a it's a fish eye it's a it's an incompatibility is what it is and it, right it's not bi- yeah. bi- uh, binding or whatever the heck it's not sticking it's not sticking right yeah it's yeah it's trouble, yeah that's right trouble, fish eye trouble written all over it yeah we would always use um I always use um, PPG, like Pittsburgh Paint, um, the automotive stuff. They've got uh, uh, DX, DX330 or DX440, or I don't know. DX330 is the one that we always use, and that's a, a wax and grease remover, and we use that to wipe stuff down. But just like you said, it gets down in the pores, and you can't you can't really get that out. So, yeah, shellac is your is your you seal it with the shellac and then shoot yeah, over that the, mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome the sticks mm-hmm. that shellac you know do, do i was it. really surprised to see that the stain was was acting that way and that i mean if the stain acts that way stain acts that way boy you really got a problem yeah yeah <laughs> but it worked yeah yeah the whole so. the, the freddie roman minute of uh shellac sticks to everything and everything sticks to shellac that's one of his yeah his, that's right his key key lines but uh so nice. yeah yeah so um phil you got you got the desk uh that thing looks yeah. fantastic thanks man appreciate it it feels yeah it feels it's not done and that's the problem i'm like i want to go celebrate because it's almost done but um it's right where i need it to be and a big thanks to uh at sawdust woman amanda um and i've spoke about her before um she was a student of mine and, and just really keen, wants to be a woodworker. And she actually works with a, a, a company called uh, Birdall Sawmill. And, oh, that's uh, right. You told us that. Yeah. And they're friends of mine too. So they, they kind of, you know, they told her, like, if you get any opportunity to work with him, even if you want you for a week or two, um, you know, take it. Like, you still have a job here, but just it benefits everyone. So, um, they're, they're super awesome like that good family company so she came out worked for I think was it it wasn't a week it was like four days or something um, and it, it was just fantastic because I could it one it's it's, it's kind of interesting like having someone there that you know is going to show up at eight o'clock it, it motivated me to get stuff done the night before where I may have not done that before you know like mm. okay i need it. it's you know it's 11 o'clock at night i should probably get these veneered faces onto the front of the drawers doing that whole fake you know half lap half blind dovetail um and you know so it, it took me two two and a half hours and just get it done and in that way tomorrow it's dry and she can come in and she can flush trim and sand it all out and get the drawers waxed so yeah the desk the desk's looking real good and she helped out a bunch 
that uh, that's a really beautiful design the thanks, corners man. the way you did that and the and the brass i appreciate it it's and the, you know and it's, the end uh, grain in the brass i mean just fantastic i'm happy uh, with I, how it came out it's it's kind of fun like that that was not the design originally um oh, that's every, even better everything there was but not that joint in the corner and the client and i, I probably mentioned this but it was going to be a freeway miter and i had a a real sweet way of doing the freeway miter and i was really excited about it i showed him it and then i he liked it and then i opened you know i popped open the freeway miter to show him and he just about freaked out he's like that's so cool <laughs> and then he looked at me and goes i know you love the fact that no one will ever know how complicated that is but I want to see something on that corner. Like I want to see some type of joint. And he's oh a, yeah, yeah. And he's a type of client. Like if I just if I kind of just guided him, like man, honestly, I just don't think we need that. But I, I you know, I was kind of like, you know, I, yeah, I can see why you'd want to see that, and and try to in a little kind of arts and crafts type thing. It was probably leaning more to mid century type design. I don't know, but. Um, so that that came because of him. I, I said, let me go home and, and think about it. And I did that joint. It overcomplicated everything else, but I've already done right. that. I've, I've spoke about that before. Um, but yeah, I love, I do. I love the fact that the it's just like that corner treatment came out of, I really don't want to mitre these corners because they just never look great. Like What's no cool is, is how beautiful that that ties in with that right it just seems yeah. like it was meant to be i was like Lins. sweet <laughs> but um the desk so i got the drawers done they're all dovetailed i got them uh the you know i, I do uh full dovetails and then i do the free 30 second veneer I, I love that trick that's smart i love it and it, it looks good i can control the face veneer like mm -hmm. it's it's all book matched out across the whole thing so I've got those guys all veneered up. The drawers totally finished. The desk totally finished uh, as far as spray goes. Um, that was a bit of a nightmare, but it 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 worked out. It's just heavy. I, I usually I usually do the whole pre-finish thing, but in this case, there is no pre-finishing um, on these parts. And everything's waxed. Now I need to figure out the draw pulls. The back panel is done. It just needs to be put in. And the base got done. Amanda pretty much did most of the base. Um, and it's you just awesome yes. to be able to set Amanda on, on jobs. Like, hey, do you want to just give her like a handful of things to do? And she just would go off and do it. It was perfect. You said you have to figure out the drawer pulls? Yeah, I've got to figure out the drawer pulls. Um, yeah. That's I, interesting that you say that because a lot of times you won't have all the the ideas for the entire piece made. It kind of creates itself as you build. Right. Or you you might think you have it figured out, and then as you get to that point, you change anyway. So yeah, and I, that's I, interesting I, that you said that. I really like to be flexible. Like I have a design, I have a sketch, and then something this complicated, I do go into SketchUp and I draw it for all the joinery. Um, but then if I see it, like as it's coming together, I I won't let that drawing stop me from changing something. You know, so I kind of. I kind of work with the design as I'm going and with the thought of if you change this, what else is it going to change? And that can snowball. But a lot right. of times it's just design elements like, Hey, that's a little heavy or that needs to be a little thinner or maybe the angle needs to be different. Cause when you see it in person, that's, that's when you kind of just trust your eye. And with the draw pulls, 
I had something figured out, but man, I'm I'm kind of having my belief is simple is best, but I think the client wants something kind of big and in charge. <laughs> and so his wife's an interior designer, and she sent some polls, and he's such an awesome dude. He's like, Phil, don't say you like these, even if you think I like them. You need to be happy, and I need to be happy. I don't, don't want I don't want a yes man. <laughs> And, don't you, know, you need to make some out of brass and walnut? Yes, I do. And I've, I've already <laughs> yeah. milled. I, I got a big awesome. chunk of brass, and I started milling on it and, and threw a piece of brass across the room. <laughs> scared the heck out of me. So um, I, I've got some ideas. And, yes, I, I need to mess with that. One day I'll have a nice, uh, like an end mill um, or, and, a, and a machinist slave like you have. That's my kind of big hope to get that. Small, kind of small size, but... I love making pools, you know, and, and brass. So yeah. they be out of brass uh, for sure. Um, Pool, pools are always fun. <clears throat> I had an idea for a handle a long time ago. I never really did it, but it would be, it, it was square tubing with wood inside and then some of the um, brass uh, shaved off and shaped to expose some of the wood inside. Oh, of course, there's crazy. thousands of options there. Yeah, right. Well, and it's funny you, you mentioned it because, you know, I started looking at the pool and I was like, you know, something really simple that picks up on those fruit tenons would look cool. Mm -hmm. um, so almost like something rectangular going vertical instead of horizontal. Um, and then I started messing around the idea of, well, what if you do a horizontal type pool, but you pick up the elements from the when you look at it at the end, it will be tubing with wood. So it'd be bigger tubing with the wood. And, and more I thought about it, I keep going back and forth. I'm like, I just, I really believe in keeping it simple. Like, and it's really easy to make it like too obvious. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it, that's a tricky. It starts Tim looking Coleman a gimmicky, a... you know, I'm like, I don't want that. Yeah, but boy, the pools, the pools can change this whole piece dra dr dramatically. You're you know? right. So we've got time. Um, I Kim go... Coleman has a, a excellent article. I don't know if you guys have seen that in the new fine woodworking. I read that. I read that. I have. Uh, I read that uh, about okay. furniture design. <clears throat> oh my gosh, some fantastic ideas and things you wouldn't even think of. I need to. You I know, need to read um, that. Small scale work and yeah. taking photographs of it and yeah. perspectives and yeah, and that, and, that, and that's a great segue into the fact that he's going to be on the podcast next week. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna. Be, I'm gonna be in England. And, yeah. And, we're gonna... Yeah. We're gonna we're hoping. try to make it happen <laughs> with me. <laughs> we're gonna wake up yeah. Phil at two or three in the yeah. morning and, and right. record. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping. Or may, might be the other way around. I don't I'm know. looking forward to that. Yeah. yeah, Tim is to me. He's 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 a he's a legend, man. I love love his stuff. Uh, huge influence on on what I do. Uh, hopefully that yeah. doesn't insult him. <laughs> He's like, your stuff sucks. <laughs> but, the, but but I still got a whiskey bar to figure out. Um, got the whiskey bar to do. And again, the client's like, hey, if you're forcing it, don't worry about it. Um, Man, your your clients are awesome. I, the, I love that. Because that makes a huge they, difference on, on, on you know, if, if you have, you know, a lot of free reign and time and yeah. flexibility that makes the piece so much right. more dynamic and beautiful and works out for everybody. Yeah, it really does. And he, you know, this is his, you know, he's, he's paying a lot for this and this is his, his desk for the rest of his life type deal. Like it, mm -hmm. it means a lot to him. And then, um, I also got, 
a pistol box finished up, which I need to go deliver tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I, I feel good. And uh, oh, and I, <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about this, but I bought a S, uh, an Airstream, um, a 22, <laughs> 22 footer vintage. Yeah, I, that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, we just got it delivered, picked up, uh, delivered today. Sorry, I can't talk. Is it, tired. A, is it a vintage or is it a new one? No, it's a vintage. It's a, I think it's pronounced Argosy, Argosy, or something like that. It's like an old vintage 70s or something like that. So uh, now you're going to have to outfit it with all new walnut cabinets? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take it easy. Like everything is pristine <laughs> inside, like it's, it's all original. I'm gonna that update, is awesome. I'm gonna update Those some of it. I love them, man. I'm gonna update some of it, and eventually, I would love to really finish it out, put it on some land, and uh, kind of Airbnb it out, or have like a, come come take a class with me for a week, and you get to stay in the air, you know, in this thing, and, <laughs> and work with me in my shop for a week and build a chair or something. It just you yeah, know, that's that's cool. That's yeah. We'll see. That's but what, for now, uh, we're just gonna use it and go travel you know with it so that's me that's awesome. <laughs> i'm not near as glamorous and romantic we're we're looking for a, a horse trailer with living quarters so that we can load our four wheelers in the back hey and that, I, that'll be our toy hauler that's awesome you have you have a couple awesome four wheelers you know yeah there's some beautiful places to ride around here up in oh, the mountains here some of those areas you're just literally riding in the shade all day i love it man that's pretty awesome um, well, do you guys want to get into like I don't even know how you get into it. Are we just going to talk like what we did? Or yeah, what? let's like, let's, uh, let's let's get into it. We've tried to do it a couple of times and it hasn't worked because we've, been, we've been a little bit too far on time. But I think let's just let's do it. I think it'll be a good. Um, I think it's a a good thing to do uh, before even before um, next week. Hopefully, having having Tim on because Tim Tim went to College of the Redwoods, and so it'd be interesting to get his perspective. Yeah, um, and that's where you guys met. Yeah, correct? I met him. I met him there. I did not. I didn't do the the year or two year program. I just did a summer, like a, a couple of weeks out there during the summer. And 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 Tim was Tim was one of the instructors with uh, with Jim Budlong, and um, and that was oh that was in like two thousand three. So so um, you know James Krenoff was. Or, Jim Krenoff, I guess is how they, what they called him. Um, I, I called him, you know, Mr. Krenoff, <laughs> you know, uh, he, was, he was, he was, he was, he was there and um, yeah, he would, it was just, it was a cool thing. Um, so that, that's like my one experience with, with taking a, a woodworking class. That's the only class I've ever, I've ever taken. And it was, and it was great. And it was a, it was a, big learning experience and i i took it at, at a great time what a class to take too i mean that's yeah it was fantastic it was just yeah no kidding you know it was it was the right. first time i really learned how to like like sharpen right and and you know and also see what see what sharp tools were you know i've been working in a shop for for a couple of years three or four years by that time but it was a you know it was a it was a straight power tool shop you know there was a right. there was a hand plane that hung on the pegboard i think that was about it um, <laughs> decoration yeah and, and true true sharp 
um, tools is really oh, an yeah. eye opener. Huge, huge eye opener. All, all of a sudden, it it mm. makes sense. It's like, oh yeah, that would that would yeah, work so, really well. <laughs> like so, that's what shop is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was that was my experience. You know, otherwise, you know, I learned by I, I got a job. I got a job. I answered. You know, I answered an ad. Um, you know, at the time it was in the newspaper for a woodworking job and, and just got lucky and, and stumbled into a great shop that had a, had a, um, a great guy that was in charge of it. And we became really good friends and they just saw that I was really interested in, in things and, and kind of let me have, you know, kind of let me, let me go and let me run, um, that's pretty cool how to do that stuff. But that's, you know, that's how I learned, um, was that in a what kind of shop was it? It was a well, it was a like shop. A it, no, it was a shop. Uh, it, uh, it was the pool table stuff. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, so oh. To begin with, we were making like production pool cue racks, dartboard cabinets, um, like a like pool table lights, like a like a big wooden panel pool table light. Uh, so, were you guys doing restoration we, there? They as got well? into restoration when I. Or, I started working there and the, and they just had started to kind of get into restoration. Um, they had, they had hired a guy that was down in Kansas to restore a table that they had taken in on trade and they took it in on trade and then they turned it around and sold it for, you know, a, a whole bunch of money, you know, and, and they, you know, they saw, well, boy, this is a, this is the place to be. We're making a lot of money here. So then they wanted to get into the restoration and they saw how interested I was in everything you know i was devouring every bit of woodworking information i could mm -hmm. get my hands on and they saw that and they but you know that's awesome and and i you know obviously stuck my nose into it it's like right. i wanted to do it because it was really interesting and they, and they let me so that's how i got into the, the pool table. and restoration is a whole nother i mean that's that's a yeah. huge world yeah, in itself. It's it's, it's an interesting world in that it, it puts you into all kinds of corners that you would never put yourself into. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you wouldn't get yeah, you know, it's it. it's like, man, you wouldn't ever Yeah. There's all, all kinds of all kinds of things that you you end up having to do things in in not the order that is, you know, Right. The way that the way that you would do it, but it's because there's a problem with it. So now you got to figure out how to kind of reverse engineer. Re there you go. That was yeah. the word. Reverse so, engineering. Um, so that that's how that's how I got into it. But Phil, you, you got into but, it via um, via schooling when you were what fifteen? Yeah, I was um, fifteen, and you know it. Uh, I know probably a lot of people already heard this, but it it was a in England, you get to, at the age of 15, you kind of, what path you're going to take, sixth form college or trade school. And I was a troubled, you know, teenager and dyslexic and um, academics was not my thing. So I was pretty clearly, you know, marked to go to trade school. So at 15, you would go to a trade school and you pick like three different trades, paint in, uh, automotive, bricklayer. Um, whatever plumbing and then they had uh, joinery so to be a joiner so that was a you know like a a carpenter but it's kind of weird it's, it's like a fancy carpenter I guess but we were doing stuff uh, traditional type joinery work um, but it was a lot of framing and so I went and did that 
two, three days out of the week um, for about a year or so. And then at 16, you decide if that's what you want to do and you go full time. So at 16, I went full time. It was pretty clear. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, it kept me out of trouble. Um, that was the main thing. I wanted to just get away from, you know, certain people and, and neighborhood. And this was five days a week, eight hours a day. And I loved it, man. Just like I think what you said, Ben, is uh, you show people your ego and you're passionate and you just want to eat up the knowledge that, you know, you can any knowledge you can get. It makes a big difference. And um, I, it was a joinery school. So the first, it was for three years. And the first year, it was all hand tools. It was not a furniture school. Um, we were doing a lot of roof construction, but all hand cut roofs, um, rafters and stuff. Then we were doing a lot of stud walls and a lot of staircases, stormproof windows, doors, sash windows. You're making every single component by hand. Um, and then you, you had these projects at a smaller scale. You did that. And then the second and third year, you got to use the big machines. And the third year, you also went on site for the year. So part-time at the school and part-time on site uh, doing your apprenticeship. Um, so I did that and pretty clear I wanted to get finer and finer with it. I would always finish my projects early and the uh, instructors liked me. So they would let me just build some furniture type stuff. Looking back at it, it was all terrible stuff, but I loved it. Um, and then I ended up going and uh, coming to the States. And that's when I really got into furniture making. Um, I uh, met a gentleman, Michael Coker. You guys still there? Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're here. It got really so quiet. Did. I was like, I'm just talking to myself here. <laughs> I was like, they're, they're falling asleep. No, I, I, I'm immersed, yeah, man. Yeah. Keep going. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I was in my head. I'm like, you're going on too long. <laughs> uh, so I came to the States, got hired at a summer camp uh, to start a woodworking program. And kind of long story, met met my wife right uh, met Carmen there and and it was actually because she was going to a school in Rhode Island um, and right across the road from RISD so Rhode Island School of Design in Providence mm -hmm. and so I was in a position where I was actually making money because um, I was still kind of doing my apprenticeship as a joiner in, in London and I would save up my money and come over just I'll randomly like take little vacations in the summertime should be at school and in the you know in the daytime i would go uh bug people at RISD, like go looking on classes go work with graduates that were in that area and um just kind of for free go work with them and i just man that's what really got me i was like i want to be a furniture maker you know it, it was just uh taking that craft as fine as i can the design element the element of working in a shop and having more control over your piece and not, you know, being on your knees in the cold and the dirt and the rain. And, and, and it right. just, you know, I, my, yeah, it's like my dad was, you know, pretty much killed him. And, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to, I, I saw a lot of guys going through a pretty tough life doing that. Um, I think, I think the fact that, that 
you know, like a piece of furniture, you, you have control over the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to like, you don't have to make it fit something that's. Yes. That yeah. It's messed up. <laughs> yeah. And man, we, I mean, I was working on homes and there's, there's so many regulations and stuff that, you know, the staircase could be out, you know, two inches and you weren't allowed to fix it. You had to like work around it. It was ridiculous. Like, so, and I get it. Cause it's that fine line. If you fix it, it's easier to rip it out. And now you just lost all the history. Yeah. Um, so it, it was fun. And that definitely was a, a, a good teacher because you had to work around stuff that wasn't square. Um, but it, it, it pretty fast. I was like, that's really not the direction I want to go. And it was really because I, I ended up moving to the States. And the carpentry where I was in Texas was not what I was used to. It was very much... Uh, bang it out get it done um, and it was, it was probably just the places I was working and that's when I ended up doing a couple of apprenticeships I did a four year apprenticeship in Florida uh, with this group called the Chilcot Group I don't, they don't exist anymore um, he really uh, helped with design he was kind of wanted to get me to be their like lead designer and he had a lot of ambition for me but what, what kind of what did you guys do there? Furniture, a lot of veneer work, um, a ton of veneer work, um, like flitch veneer. Uh, it, it was fun stuff. It was me, uh, Diego, and Richard, who was the designer. Um, and you know, he 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 was an interesting guy. We didn't get on that well, but um, he really did open my eye up to to design. He would make me go home and just draw and draw and work on designs and. And I am thankful for that, even though I didn't get on very well with him. Um, and then we came back to Texas and I worked, I did another apprenticeship for close to eight years with Michael Colker. I wanted to get back into kind of the joinery side, like the more traditional method, because I was pretty much veneer and plywood boxes and that was really bothering me. Um, and and then I got, you know, we would like pocket screw stuff together and Bondo and veneer. It, it really started bothering me. The design was nice and the veneer work was nice, but that, that was it. And and these people just throwed them mm. out. Like, you know, in two years, they just redecorated and it was like done. Um, so I met Michael and he's a, an amazing craftsman, uh, arts and craft type furniture. And uh, I went to interview with him. I showed up with my mother-in-law, my wife, and my uh, firstborn child, who was like, you know, a few weeks old, uh, for the interview. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, he's an awesome. old hippie and just the nicest guy you ever meet. And talk about romantic. You walk into his shop, he had a wood burning stove going, his coffee on top of it, and he's banging together this desk with all these like integral tenons that are dodging each other by. And it was just amazing. So, I, we moved and I, I worked with him for eight years and, and give him total credit for, uh, for the, you know, the craftsman, craftsman I am now, um, for sure. So, yeah, you know, it's a, I guess it's tough. People ask like, which direction should you go? And people ask me all the time, cause Hey, you can't get apprenticeships anymore. They're out there. You just got to, I hounded people. Like I hounded Michael. I called him. We came friends over the phone. Um, I just kept on bugging him. I, sh I would show him designs. I would show him work I'm doing. And I think it's that thing. You just show people that you're keen um, and to, to take a chance on you, you know. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's that's me. 
And now so, I'm now I'm broke, but I have an airstream. <laughs> <laughs> we can live in that. <laughs> there you go. And rent the house out and the shop. <laughs> that's that's an interesting story. That's um, <clears throat> you know, it there's there's so many different um paths that you could take, I guess, to get to where you're going. And sometimes right. you don't really know right. where you're going. And you had you had mentioned something earlier if you're going to make it a business then you really need a business plan uh i didn't have a plan i right out of high school well actually i was still in 10th grade i went to work for a cabinet shop that my brother worked for um well i really didn't look i mean he just would stop by the house and grab me and say here you're gonna go help me install some cabinets (laughs) but it was really interesting because right away i thought wow this is cool i can make stuff with all these scraps you know and they would let me work after work making stuff and i've always been like that i've always i've i've been since i was just a kid i was always building stuff always creating stuff and you know looking back at it yeah yeah it was, it right, was crap. Right. <laughs> but it was fun so it didn't matter did you so always did you so be the guy to and, like take bikes apart and stereos and i yeah, think that's every woodworker yes. like <laughs> i i think that's just that's yeah. a prerequisite <laughs> you know it's kind of funny i I didn't. Uh, I didn't have a bicycle when I was a kid. I learned to ride a motorcycle when I was really young, and um, so I, I never had a bicycle until I was an adult. And then, actually, even now, my feet are dumb. <laughs> you got a motorcycle. It's too much work. But I worked in this cabinet shop, and I I just always made stuff. But um, I worked with that guy for about nine years, and then my brother and another guy went out on their own, and. I was kind of just, I really didn't know what I was going to do. So I, I went to work for um, a big company, Jane's Corporation, and worked with them as a journeyman carpenter, but really wasn't what I wanted to do. Then I, I was a superintendent for a while with them. And then um, I went to work for another general contractor. We did a lot of trim work. I did a lot of their 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 trim. Um it, they had some crews and they were building houses and commercial buildings, but I did all that, what I thought was the cool stuff. You know, I worked indoors, um, but it was, and it was, it was good. But, and even then I was always building stuff. And so I did that for, so that was nine years with the first guy and about a year with the second guy. And then, um, and then I went to work with my brother's shop and they, they were pretty new at the time and I was installing for them. I did that for about, seven years just installing casework man how old are you and i love i loved it <laughs> yeah no it, it gets it you're, you're not gonna believe what time i get to the end of this because <laughs> we're only in about 17 years i worked for my brother for for seven years um Whoa, the first wow. time and uh just doing installing case you know that was i i absolutely loved it i had my truck was so perfect and organized i had every tool exactly where it went you could i could tell somebody in the middle of the night go out there to the left toolbox and about you know six inches back there's just everything was at its place and i was just really you know i just was really into my 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 craft and uh it was fun i mean i I love doing it um i I don't want to do that anymore but back then it sure was fun it's kind of strange how how things change so I did that for about seven years um, with my brother. And then I kind of got bored and um, uh, I started my own shop and I, I thought I was going to be doing um, uh, millwork and cabinet and 
things like that. And um, I had a partner and we ended up doing a little bit of everything. We were building, we were doing cabinets and staircases and trim work. And, um, and that was, it, it was fun. And, and that's kind of when I started, since I had my own place and we had the, the room and the equipment, I started building furniture. Um, you know, I had been building before that, but not, you know, it was really just right. for me and friends and family like that. But, but here I was building and, and selling and it was selling and it was, it was, it was really fun. And I was doing a lot of shows back then, um, local shows, you know, in Colorado um, and you know I just take a trailer full of furniture and go to these shows and I I, I thought this this is what I want to do um, it was a lot of work and um, but it was fun you know because I was creating and, and I was also showing out at different galleries at the time and so it's really cool to just make a speculative yeah, piece that's awesome. and then yeah. it sells you know that, that was right. that was magic and back then, the economy—I don't know if it was the—I don't know what it was—but I couldn't keep up. That's that's what I was doing, and I did that for about five years, and then it kind of just started to slow down. Um, so then, um, my brother and his partner—they offered me to go back to work with them, um, and I'm like, no, nah, I really didn't want to do that. You know, I was kind of happy, you know, doing what I was doing, um, but my partner. Um, he just quit one day. He said, that's, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And we had just got all our equipment paid off. We had our trucks paid off. It seemed like we were just over that hump of, of getting into business. But in hindsight, I wasn't really happy with doing the, the building and all the, you know, I, I wanted to build furniture. So uh, I, I, I was doing that a little bit. And that's when my brother called and asked if I'd go back to work. And they kept on offering me more and more. So finally, my wife is like, you'd be silly not to take that offer. So I went back to work for them the second time, and I was with them for 15 years. Hey. So if you total up all those those years, that's 38 years hey. of doing this since 1980. Wow. Yeah, and, and the last 15 years is really when I started um, gravitating more toward um, just really creating and, and furniture. And, and the school, for me... In 2005, I went to, and I studied marketry with Craig Vandal Stevens awesome. up at Anderson Ranch. Fantastic place. It's it's really not very far from here. Maybe seven seven hours or something, eight hours. I don't know. Beautiful school, beautiful facility, beautiful atmosphere. You just immersed in in art and creating, and it was a magical place. And so in 2007, I went back and I studied with um, and and. Uh, these were like, you know, two week courses, you know, no, no nine month extensive course. I, I wish I could do that. That would be amazing. So in 2007, I went back and studied with um, Michael Fortune, kind of a design oh, class and um, steam banding. And I, we just, it was a, such a fun class. We learned so much and just laughed and, <laughs> and he's, 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 he's an amazing teacher. We just, he has just so much information to, to, to show us. And that was really awesome. Same place, Anderson Ranch. And then in 2012, I went back again and, and studied with Silas Koff, um, a different type of, uh, or a different technique of marketry, I should say. Um, a little bit different than Craig's, different um, approach, still double bevel. But I took those two 
classes that I learned from two different teachers with marketry, and I kind of developed my own hybrid of sorts, and that's the marketry that I do today. It's it's so man, that's really cool. you know, and, and the and marketry for me is really the direction that I wish I could just you know right. delve deep into, but it's you know it it's it can be time consuming especially with the, the technique i do you know craig thibodeau i mean that guy is he he can crank out some beautiful marketry and i don't know how he does it so fast i need to hang right. out with that guy <laughs> but just the marketry and the schooling um you just kind of feel like you not only are you just like fast forward in your learning but you're also inspired. I think that's the so big, that's the big schooling, schooling yeah, can be that's good. That's the big thing is I, I had people say like, you know, when you're in like a nine month program or something or whatever, two year program, you're around people that are creative and it's just the vibe that you get. It's amazing. And it, and it does excel. Oh, yeah, you... Like there's, there's no wrong or right way. Like my mentor was 100% self-taught, you know, and that was before YouTube or any of that. Um, magazines and stuff but even just just doing it and learning and doing stuff wrong and learning and just keep going at it like he had a passion for it but mm -hmm. he would tell you like right. yeah man like if you if you went to a school it would excel you because you're not having to figure out all the wrong ways to do it straight away you know and, and mm -hmm. I think that's the same with like an apprenticeship an apprenticeship it's it's you know it's you, one I got paid um, so it was a job but I'm working with a guy that's already figured out a lot of stuff, you know? So, I mean, a lot of what I do now is exactly what he taught me. You know, I, I definitely brought an element to his shop and, you know, he would say like my, my jigginess, like doing the jigs and, and veneering. But, um, you know, a lot of what I do, like my casework, it's pretty much how he taught me how to do it, you know? Um, but I still would love to take, like you're saying classes like that. I would love to do that. One day, one day. Right. I still got time though, man. I'm only 35. <laughs> oh yeah, you got plenty of time. <laughs> With my kids, so it's never. You're never too old. That that school I went to, Anderson Ranch in Aspen, it was really. I mean, you had some really young, young people there, and some some elder, el, you know, older people right. that had like retired. And then what I found was fascinating that as I met doctors and a you know these attorneys that had quit their professions you know some successful practices to to take wow, up woodwork that's crazy. Thought, wow that's that's fantastic and they just thought you know like you know i would take stuff up there with me and they'd be like man it's incredible how long have you been doing this and it, it's really just a, a, right. a passion or a desire right. to, to do it the rest of it kind of falls into yeah. place if, if that makes yeah and sense. i think um because I know we all get people asking us like, Hey, I want to do this. How do I get into it? And the thing that always cracks me up is it's like, you know, Hey, I'm an engineer. I make this much money a year. Could I make comparable, you know, I'm like, I hate to break it to you, but I don't know anyone that's doing it, but it's, uh, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like, and I never had a plan. Like I never sat down, wrote out something, but I always knew that I wanted to work for myself. Um, and so mm -hmm. when I was with Michael, I built my shop, you know, and I took the time to do that. It took me five, six years or whatever the heck it took to do, but 
I don't have any bills on it. Like it's my shop. I, within you know, fifteen years or something, I I just collected tools. I would, I for a while, I just I did work for like a local church, and and you know they needed something, and they would pay me with like a tool. You know, they're like, hey, what, what do you need a bandsaw? Yeah, right. a bandsaw. Okay, and, you know, and that's I just built up my tools. So, and I'm not saying that's the way everyone should do it, but for me that that was important to be able to do and be very selective of the work that I do. Um, because I don't have a big overhead um, and just took my time took my time to get there I didn't stop working for Michael put 60 grand into tools and then pay you know three grand a month for shop rental I just there's no way I could make that happen um, unless I'm building plywood boxes and even then I don't know how you make that happen but I, you know, it was not, and I left Michael and it, it was kind of, it happened really sudden, but I, it was weird. I got, I got sick and I kind of got freaked out and I decided like almost, it was within a week. I was like, I left Michael's shop. He was kind of mad at me for a little bit, um, but just a thing of miscommunication and, and we're still we're best friends. I just built one of his beds for a customer, so um it, it just I, I wanted to to be your own boss to be able to make your own call is a fantastic thing. It's stressful right. but it's it's to your stress. It's your stress. It's, it's so different. I would stress out so much if I made a mistake at Michael's. I would jump on it and fix it, but I would stress out. In my shop I'm like dumbass, move on. And it's like, it's not stressful because you're not mm-hmm. thinking, man, he's paying me and you feel guilty and you're wasting time. And it's, it's so different. And you get, you get the thrill too. Like when you do it, it's yours. If it's successful, that's great. If not, you know, you move on. Um, yeah. When I, when I was with my brother the second time, the first time I was with him for you know seven years, I was installing in it. That's, it was a really gravy job. I mean, I just, I was, in the field all day long you'd work some long hours it wasn't a nine to five job by any means but it was fun and i was you know i loved it the second time i went to work for them they paid me a lot more but i was production manager so i was in the shop um keeping that assembly you know all these there was we had different departments and um that was really stressful to to keep schedules and keep materials and keep employees. Um, all that was just, but I learned so much. It really shaped, it shaped me um, to to be a, a good problem solver because I I was, you know, forced right. to deal That's with all- them daily or sometimes, you know, something breaks down and then oh this employee didn't show up and oh we're out of this material oh this customer needs this his stuff today and. <laughs> it was pretty cool you know but i was i was i was deeply immersed in it and and um didn't really realize it i even though i liked it it was very stressful and i didn't really realize how stressful it was until just recently so uh, you know i've been on my own just since right. you know the end of may or whatever so really interesting perspective that that i would not have known yeah it is it is a it's so, it's so interesting like i should not like you talk about stress and stuff and 
it's like, yeah, what are you doing? Like, don't go quit. You just got told you're not doing well and you go quit your job and start a company. That's insane. What's wrong with you? But, but man, I tell you, like it, it just, it worked out. I mean, it, 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 it felt right and, and good and yeah. But hey, you know, Ben, if you don't start talking here soon, we're going to get in trouble. Okay. I want to see more posts more, talking about more Ben. Okay. More Ben. More Ben. <laughs> <laughs> and Ramon will keep going. <laughs> I think. I think. For the most, well, I'm an I'm an old guy, so no my kidding. path is long, man. <laughs> How old are you? I'm. We call them levels. 54, I'm level fifty-four. Okay. <laughs> so what? So what year does that make you? You're fifty-four. What's, what? What year were you born? I was born in sixty-four. So you're, so you're a sixty-four Valdez. Sixty-four. Oh, that sounds like an amplifier or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I was I was born in what they call the golden years. The golden years are from 1955 to 1970. If you were born in those in that 15 year span, this is this is something I read. <laughs> those were the best years to be born in all, all of humanity. <laughs> That's what they say. You you've you've had it the best the best that life can be. You didn't have you didn't have the problems of your with your grandparents and and you know the the the, the war the world war you know the, the depression and all that stuff and you know certainly the the, the new generations are going to have some, some right. stuff to deal with but from 1955 to 1970 and yeah i was, I was right in there don't so. take it for granted man <laughs> i'm a golden child <laughs> don't take it for granted that? don't take it for- that's awesome no i do yeah. i feel blessed but, daily so i think you know, as far as like the education versus learning on the job or whatever, I think for the most part, it's like, like take the opportunity that's the best. Yeah. You know, everything is there. There's, there's all kinds of Mm -hmm. options and you just have to keep, you have to keep your eyes open. Right. And be willing to, to try, try different things or or be willing to um, take it, probably take advantage of opportunities that's probably the, the best thing i mean that's that's sounds like for the most part how that's all yeah all have, of us have, have done you, you look at it and you try to be you try to you know take take advantage of the best opportunities that that are put in front of you right. you know what i i think in today's world the opportunities are better than ever i mean with with social media and, and the internet Absolutely. i mean you know all the information that's available to you is just it's amazing how different it is right right you know like this uh amanda you know um sawdust woman she that's exactly what she's doing you know she's she's taking the opportunity she can come out and work with me on the weekends and she's doing it man and i'm like that's awesome she's working a full-time job and coming out on the weekends and work with me and she's just really keen and she's like I mean, she's so happy to do it. You know, she's just that. That says a lot about right. about her and her. You know, her 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 drive and her. That's passion what it. That's what it desire. takes. And I know it's kind of it can get overwhelming because I, I do. I have people and even other students are like, "Hey, can I come work with you?" And and I, it's hard to find those opportunities that they're out there, and you just got to go meet people and and you got you got to find them. Though. Yeah, you got you got to you just get get on that phone and have a conversation with people you know and 
it's it's tough. And like people talk about schools, hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about going to the College of the Redwoods or whatever school, the Mark Adams, and, and it's like if you've got the money and it's not going to kill you, absolutely, man, have, do have, it. I would absolutely. do it. You know, and I hope, I really do I hope, one day I can take some yeah. classes like that. You, you know, it won't be a full-on class, but like a marketry class or some steam bending, whatever class, certain classes like that, a week long, two weeks long. Um, I really hope I'm going to be in a position where my kids are older, we can go travel and, and do something like that. Because, um, yeah, you, you never stop learning, you know, for sure. And if you can have, if there's an opportunity to do something like that, man, I would jump on it. For sure, you know, because yeah, you're getting to work with some of the best mm -hmm. out there, and, and it's just such an awesome environment to be in. But yeah, I mean, it's not not only do you do you get to work do you, do you get to like be with those those different teachers or those different schools, but you also get to be with a a group of students yeah. and have a camaraderie, super with, motivated with students, a bunch of other people that are that are in the, have the same mindset that you do yeah. that you yeah oh they're there absolutely yeah nobody nobody is there. I mean, for, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but almost everybody is there, like because you know they they, they want really yeah. they really want to be there, right. you know. And that, and if you can if you can be around those people, I mean, shoot, it just it rubs off on you, you know. Yeah, it really so does. I, I think I think it's fantastic. Anything that you can do, if you can afford it, and if you can if you can afford the time and the money, those are the two big finite resources that. You know that it, it, it's it's tough to do that. I I haven't ever been able to. You know, I would I would love to have to have done you know, uh, College of the Redwoods or North Bennett, or, right? Or what you know, you know, pick your pick your school. Um, uh, I just I, I I didn't I didn't have I, I didn't see I didn't have the time. I didn't have the money and and when you look at it from like an economic point of view, like, all right, I, I go there, I graduate, then, then what? There's not a, you know, it's, there's not a guarantee on that backside. Right. So mm -hmm. it, it, that makes it, that makes it hard, but that doesn't mean that it's, that it's not right for people to do. I mean, it certainly is, is right for, for people to do. It just didn't work. Just didn't work for me. Right. Yeah. I've got friends that, that did it. I have uh, two friends. One went to actually, uh, four, four, four people I know. Uh, one went to, um, two of them went to CF, and one went to College of the Redwoods, and another guy went to some school in London. I can't remember the name, but they're all furniture makers now, you know, and they're all they're all doing it. Yeah, but they, and you know, you talk to them, and a lot of it was it's like it was an opportunity thing. It was. Um, whether they, they had the money at the time and they, they just really passionate and they wanted to do it and they, they went for it, you know, but they, they had the means to do it was the, the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, what a fantastic uh, experience uh, for sure. You bet. You but, bet. Well, right on. Well, I think that's a, a good place to probably, probably um, wrap things up. Um, I think it was, you know, we've been, like I said, we've been meaning to have that conversation for the last couple of podcasts and it, it, we get, we get going on everything and we just get so excited and then the time's done. Right. Hour goes by, goes by really quick and 
and I'm looking down. I see we're over over our time now, but uh, big deal. Right? <laughs> oh well. Right. Oh well. We oh, we well. lost we lost everyone like forty. Yeah, minutes. we're not we're we're not the most, nobody's yeah, listening right. anyway. We're, 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 <laughs> we're not the most organized podcast. We don't have an outline or anything in front of us, and we're going to hit the you know hit these things at this time or whatever. We just you know this is a phone conversation for the most part. <laughs> we just it's ramble. Just, <laughs> yes, it's fun to, and we're glad yeah, to join yeah, us. Yeah, fun to, fun to, fun to talk to everybody. But, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully next next podcast, um, we're hoping to have Tim Coleman on. We've got a couple other people lined up to try to be on the show. Yeah, uh, and I don't know. It's uh, we're excited. I mean, because we we geek out yes. on this stuff, and, and I get and, to I get to be in a podcast <laughs> with Tim Coleman. Come on now, this can be yeah, awesome. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to change the know, name right? of our podcast. <laughs> I might, emba- I might embarrass us all. <laughs> be, like, be like a groupie. <laughs> uh, right on. All right. Well, once again, we thank you all for checking out another fantastic and informative episode of Woodworkers Podcast. We certainly appreciate it. If you have any questions, you can certainly shoot us an email, and that's info at woodworkerspodcast.com or you could uh, ask questions on our Instagram account and that's woodworkerspodcast also we look forward to your input and feedback on the show as well as suggestions on other topics for future shows so on behalf of Ben and Phil I'm Ramon and we'll see you on the next episode of Woodworkers Podcast Ciao. take care guys great, great talking to you guys see ya likewise